how uh, suddenly through walls. Oh, oh, oh. Mm. <laughs> what is going on with these? Did boxes? you just put Shadow Heart in a box? What just happened? What just happened? I have a no idea. What the fuck? Yep, so they're just jumping around as a bear with- Banjo is just, just, like, flattening this person over and over again. <laughs> I have so many questions. I can't help. <laughs> <laughs> Howdy there, partners, and welcome to Need for Speedrunning, the rootin' tootin'est, fastest podcast in the in the old west and in the modern times as well. Actually, anywhere that fine podcasts are sold uh, between here and Baldur's Gate. And down, uh, down, mm. down by the river. Down by mm. the river, deep mm -hmm. in the, the hells of Avernus. My name is uh, Caxius. I'm a Mephistopheles tiefling sage, uh, a little bit of a wizard, and... Uh, very excited to be talking today. You might know me as Brad. Uh, besides that, I love video games, and uh, I'm happy that we're doing a, a game that I uh, love very much. Uh, Ruby, I know you're you like uh, video games as well, right? Uh, uh, just a little bit. Uh, yeah. So my name's Angeline Hayward. I'm a uh, Tabaxi. Uh, berserker barbarian. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm I am a folk hero uh, in my background. So uh, got all sorts of tavern brawler stats, and apparently that makes me qualified to speak about Baldur's Gate. So uh, I I adore D and D. I adore video games. I adore this game, uh, and we'll get into all sorts of stories later. But yeah. <laughs> And our uh, beloved friend in the green hat with the wooden sword on his back. How are you today, Mr. Luigi? Uh, I don't, like, know what's going on here. I came for the football game, and I somehow <laughs> ended up in a room full of nerds. So, yeah, I don't, I don't know if this is really my Get scene, out. guys. Get out, bro. Uh, it might I'm, be like a Carlos the Dwarf situation in Freaks and Geeks. Maybe you'll be the hero of the party. Maybe. I guess so. That's true. Um, but we're happy to be here. We're happy to be talking about speedrunning and video games today. Uh, you know, it's it's been a while since I uh, I've done the hosting. I feel I don't even know where to start. I'm uh, excited about Shadow of the Earth Tree. That's what's on my heart right now. Okay. Okay. Uh, yeah. Talk to us but, more about that. Like, are you playing anything at this moment? Um. Yeah. So my life, I I don't know how my friends do it. So uh, on my other podcast, they'll play like 10 different games concurrently and not finish things or they'll be, be playing like Baldur's Gate 3 and, oh, I started Act 1 with a new character and I'm on my eighth character and I'm sitting there. You haven't beaten the game. You have <laughs> 80 hours for five different characters you need to do still. And they're like, still yeah, learning. I just dipped into the new Avatar game and it's pretty cool. And I, I'm such a need to finish things kind of a gamer so mm. I, I don't know it drives me crazy no that sounds um i mean like i guess maybe if you want to like okay i i did not understand what i was doing at the beginning now i want to try this character now i want to roll a new character now i want to roll a new character 
Uh, Ruby, you, you're looking <laughs> very uh, concerned over that. How many characters have you started and then not beaten the game with? Uh, so, so I think so far I have made five or six different characters, some of which I have played more of, others which I have abandoned. If I look at my Steam playtime of Baldur's Gate, <laughs> I have, <laughs> I have 190.8 hours. That that makes sense because you know D you never get anything done when you're playing D D. well like the so campaign barely moves forward here's the thing right like i started a campaign with my partner and we actually got pretty far but we didn't realize that we accidentally skipped like a majority of act two yeah. <laughs> and we, we got to the beginning of Act Three, and then they had started playing on their own file and got to know all this other stuff and was like, hey, I'm just going to follow your lead. And suddenly I was like, wait, that's so much pressure. Wait, I thought we were discovering things together. What do I do? <laughs> and I just yeah. panicked and like stopped playing. And then I made another character. And then friends would be like, I haven't started. And I'd be like, I'm happy to start a file with you. So I have all these files for characters I made with people that we haven't been able to coordinate schedules and now like mm -hmm. i i've played mostly a bunch of stuff in act one mm. and that's well that's enough for its own game it, it really is and i will say the parts that i've played masterpiece it's amazing <laughs> like yeah yeah so uh, but you you're able to like compartmentalize your brain and do this uh I got 110 hours on my one character uh, for Baldur's Gate 3. Mm, and Wow, okay. I, f I felt fairly, fairly uh, completionist about it. No stone was really left unturned, but then, you know, it's also there is 30 different scenarios for every interaction. Uh, I found out that I killed a main character on accident. Didn't even know they were a main <gasps> no. character. Wait, no. who? Yeah, it's it's very easy to do these, and I'm very heartbroken. There is, uh, there's gonna be the minorest of spoilers for Baldur's Gate three on this episode. We're not gonna do like big story stuff. Yeah, but um, mm. Mm. I will say there is one character at one point that can become a cat that walks around with you, and I didn't know that. And you can have a cat that you can summon as a familiar and it'll walk around with you around town, and I didn't know that. And it now I feel like 110 hours was wasted. Yeah. Oh, that's so what, happened? Also, what happened to the cat, Brad? Well, uh, it turns out it was a brain, and I tried to lobotomize it, <gasps> and oh, it ran yeah. away scared from me. And I think it got mad that I killed other brains. Mm. Uh, yeah, but Probably. eventually it can become a friend, and yeah, not, a, not like it. that. Yeah, but that's like, I mean, that's super early on. Um, <laughs> Ruby's just just going through so many emotions over here. Well, I think that's one of the fun things about games like this, right? Uh, so Dragon Age Origins, Baldur's Gate 3, the, like Heavy Rain, like any of these games where Ooh, choice heavy rain. matters so much. I don't know why that was the next poll that came to mind, <laughs> but it was one of the first like, It was one of the first games I played that had any kind of like differentiated uh choice yeah. trees you know i dove um, i dove halfway across the living room to like reset the ps3 i get it yeah, yeah. but also like that game i i understand the memes about heavy rain jason like yeah. it's it's <laughs> awful now it has not aged well but anyway and the harassment um, 
But yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, the many reasons, the many reasons. But my point being, I love hearing people talk about their heartfelt stories and not caring about, oh, I just wanted to keep this protagonist alive, just making the decisions based on the role play. Like, that's my mm. favorite way to play games like this, like Mass mm-hmm. Effect, all that kind of stuff. So, um, yeah, hearing things like this, I find really interesting because I get to hear other people's D&D stories. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. It's it's like so easy to talk about with uh, people. You can say like, oh, what happened with you there? Oh, yeah, I just I massacred him. I'm like, you didn't try and help, like didn't have time for it. <laughs> Asterian seemed upset and I'm really don't want him mad at me right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's. it's just such a, a, a can of worms. But before all the Baldur's Gate discussion, I'm mm. playing a little bit more Okami as well. Uh, Ooh, I wanted Brad, to finish that bef- before FF7 Rebirth. Loving Okami. Uh, mm. Where are you? I, I, I am in the, the Sea Dragon. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yes. I will say I am just having more of a, a love-hate relationship with my Nintendo Switch than... Uh, ever before oh, the number no. of games i the number of games i play handheld uh when we're on like the road going somewhere and then i feel you know this way about a game you know it's okay i kind of like it but then i i put it on the big screen and i got you know the surround sound and just the music and like those big like hand-painted like hand-drawn vistas you see mm-hmm. in okami It's just such a different experience with like nice, big, loud music and that big screen. Mm. And uh, Hollow Knight, I almost didn't even like the game for the first 10 hours. And then I played it on the big screen. Finally, I'm like, this is just transformative. Mm. So I yeah, the number of games that are played handheld on Switch that I don't think should be at least your first time. uh, It kind of breaks my heart a little bit. I guess I did play that on entirely on TV. I usually play. Um, mostly in handheld, but that, I mean, it was meant to be played on a TV to begin with anyway. So, um, that game is gorgeous. I will say that I haven't played much of Hollow Knight, but God, the parts I have seen are stunning. Um, but again, when I was playing, I was also playing on handheld and I found out that Switch is also a really bad way to play apparently because of the uh, frame rate issues. Hmm. Okay. Uh, apparently, this was something I heard from Emre. Apparently, it causes a ton of glitchiness. Um, okay. Yeah. I, I played it about like 15 hours on the Switch. So. Okay. That's about as far as I got in Hollow Knight. Mm-hmm. Luigi. Uh, how about you, Luigi? What you been playing lately? Mm-hmm. Speaking of uh, starting something over and over again, um, I have been playing the Unicorn Overlord demo a whole lot. Yeah. It's absolutely fantastic. It's exactly what I wanted and more. Um, I have started over for the third time. Uh, you get five hours, basically. And the first time I thought I hit, like, some story point where they're like, you can't go further anymore. Um, and I didn't really understand, like, my units yet and how it all was supposed to work together. I was like, I'll try this again. Turns out it's just a five-hour timer uh, that's that's not going when you're paused. So I'm pausing now. Um, on the like on my third time, uh, I got as far as I got the first time in like an hour and 10, 15 minutes. So uh, I have gotten back to that point. I have a much better team, and uh, so now I have more game to explore for a while. It's uh, 
It's really the best thing in my life right now. <laughs> yeah. It's just the demo though. Um, but I'm very excited. They they've they've sort of smashed Fire Emblem into one of my favorite tactical games of all time. So Wow. High yeah. praise. Okay. It, yeah, like um like basically you just imagine you have your fire emblem, your, your little guys that are walking around, just individual dudes. But what if you took like three of those dudes and put them in a team together and had them walk around together on the map? And then you can prioritize who they attack, um, what kind of attack they, they do first, um, kind of units they want you want them to hit. Uh, and start messing around with like you know just mixing different groups of people to see who complements each other the best. Uh, in ogre battle, you could stick mages in the back, and they would do their magic, and eventually they would just kind of like you know figure like they don't actually do this. It's a sixty four game, but they would like you know look at each other like side eye like you're cool. Why don't we combine our magic attack into something that will obliterate the other side? And so they 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 get to be you know friends and and work together and so I'm, I'm hoping to get into some of that when the actual game comes out but um yeah i'm gonna this probably i'm gonna play a lot of this game it's it's gonna be bad no it sounds I, really I, good yeah i saw a video you posted the other day of you smoking a cigarette and you're like i yeah. gotta say some things I about got, this I got game something. Uh, <laughs> it, you it's, seem, it, you seem yeah. real contemplative. <laughs> well, because like I just got to the point where, and this isn't a spoiler, very early on, the the, the unicorn ring, um, you think it's just an heirloom. Apparently, the the big bad guy has brainwashed a lot of people into following him, and so it's like you're you're just killing people who don't have any agency because they've been taken over by a bad guy. Like that's not, that's not good. That I don't, uh, that's, that's problematic from a storytelling design, you know, or angle, mm -hmm. especially with like ogre battle 64 is about like anarchy and destroying monarchy and, and class systems. And I was like, now I'm reinstalling class systems and killing people who have no choice, but to be in battle. I'm like, ah, this is fun. Um, but the game's cool, and I've been waiting for it for 20 years, so I'm going to keep playing it. Um, it's not that blatant. I've gotten a little bit further into it. Uh, I don't think everyone is, is like, brainwashed, but um, it's still kind of a... It's still kind of like a shortcut that I don't like. Um, kind of like, a I don't know, a cliche, I guess. Maybe there'll be some twists and turns. RPGs always have a so. lot of, like... Uh, shakeups throughout. Maybe there's uh, an aspect you don't know yet. Yeah, it, it absolutely could be. Yeah. Um, it, it seems uh, like a, an open world, like the entire map is just connected. You're just kind of running around it. So, um, and then you'll be like, oh, here, there's a battle you can do here. And then it turns into not a grid, but it turns into battle time, Fire Emblem battle time, but you're still on the map. And that's cool. You know, go, go fight in the woods. You get, Bonuses for being in the woods, you know, all that good tactical stuff. What's the demo on? Everything, I it's think. It's available on everything. I'm playing it on Switch. Okay. I'll have to check that out. It's really good. I have the, I'm have i in that weird, like, in-between big games right now. So I have... I played, like, Cocoon start to finish the other day, which was really uh, cute. Oh, how was that? Yeah. Um, It was 90% good, 10% tedious. 
it, okay. it was mostly fun. The puzzles were uh, organic in a way that I like. Sometimes a, it's the weird balance of a puzzle needs. I want to feel not like smashing my head on a wall, but I also want to feel clever. And if something doesn't work the way I think it will, I find it frustrating. And this one's all like, usually your first instinct is kind of the way it's going to move, which is fun. Uh, it was like a five hour play. So that was good. Mm-hmm. And uh, Ruby, we're just happy you took your blindfold off for this podcast. <laughs> oh, goodness. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, you know, I decided to grace you all with my you know, my eyes presence instead of just my voice. Um, well, you would have made it here, but you haven't practiced uh, walking down the hallway with, with your headphones on yet. I haven't practiced that menuing on the computer either. So <laughs> that would be all the programs that yeah, I need. Yeah, true, like, true. Yeah, so uh, as as Brad was joking about, so I've been doing a bunch of uh, challenge run practice. So I am trying to route out Shadow of the Colossus blindfolded. I have figured out mounts for seven of the Colossi. Uh, okay. So. That means I, you can successfully get on part of them. Yes, you can. Like, I can successfully get onto seven of the Colossi fully blindfolded at this point. Um, okay. Valis, I have gotten very close to full kills. I've just mm. made dumb mistakes and I've come so <laughs> close. I'm like right on the precipice. Um but it's going well. And then I've been learning a lot more about uh, Haiti speedrunning and crowd control. Uh, mm. I kind of want to just try and become a god at Hades and submit crowd control Hades Fitting. to SGDQ. I think it'd be fun. Um, that'd be sick. Oh, oh no. That, what is that? Like almost 100,000 people telling you what to do? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think what I do is just start off with a basic any percent run that would take like eight to 12 minutes and then be like, all right, and go and then have like two hours and see if I can make it out or whatever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm I'm down for that. I, I would love to see that. Hell yeah. I still I still have a long way to go, but like I've been studying up. I'm practicing on the regular. Um and then I have a few other uh, runs I've been working on. Casually, I've been, uh, I just started Last of Us 2 uh, about a week and a half ago with Jamie and already, oh my God, it's so good. <laughs> okay, okay. It's so good. <laughs> like, uh, um, <laughs> I literally <laughs> took a break because we were busy and all of the days were, it was like, oh, we had time. I was like, Today has been filled with too much emotion already. I can't handle. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I I love emotional media, but there are some times where it's like too close to the heartstrings. And I'm like, no, I need a second. Hang on. Mm -hmm. Uh, Right. And then I I feel that way about Doom. Yeah. About Doom? (laughs) What? D-O-O-M or Dune? D-U-N-E. Oh, um, shooty, shooty, gun, gun. But I don't know oh. if that applies to Dune as well. So I don't know. But what? What? I didn't say anything. <laughs> Nothing. Uh, I have thoughts and feelings about that. And Jamie has very different thoughts and feelings about that. And I'm not going to. We're going to. Um, otherwise, <laughs> I've been playing Dicey Dungeons just casually, but it's really fun. <laughs> Do you I've know never this played game? Dicey Dungeon. Oh, it has adorable art. It looks basically like it is uh, like colored pencil 
drawing uh, style, uh, but it feels very like Griffin McElroy kind of D&D campaign meets roguelike okay. meets Alice in Wonderland. So the idea is that you are people who have been turned into dice and okay. uh, you are trying to make your way through this game where you're told you'll get like your biggest wish or like some big power at the end. But very clearly, Lady Luck, who runs the place, has rigged everything so that you just stay there forever, constantly fighting mm. the other people who have also joined the game. So mm. uh, the way the roguelike works, you're fighting against these enemies and get like every one of the characters plays differently and gets cards that function a little differently. It's really interesting. And the music the music fucking slaps. <laughs> uh, I also I I got to uh, talk with someone who worked on it, and I'll get into that a little more a, another day. Um, but <laughs> okay, the the team was really cool. Um, is what I will say there. Like they're really awesome. So are, are you different kinds of dice? Is that your class? Like, like a dice the builder? Well, like the, the D20 is, is the heavy? Well, so so the idea is you literally are anthropomorphized dice. Um, every one of them, they basically do function like D&D &D classes. So there's a warrior, there's a witch, there's a robot engineer, and then <laughs> a, another class that I don't quite know, and then a thief. So they all okay. work a little differently. So warriors, you want to get those big, chonky rolls, and then you have something to like basically accent, action surge and do a re-roll, because what you're doing is a mix of a card game and a dice game. So you're trying to get certain dice rolls to activate certain cards' abilities. Okay. Uh, so it, it's really interesting. I really like how it functions. Um, and I got to say, it's also very challenging, but the art and the little story bits you get, are it's just so charming that I never feel frustrated to be in that world. <laughs> like yeah. Dark Souls, everything's so gloomy. And it's yeah. like, hey, you want to be here? We're going to make you, we're going to torture <laughs> you while you're here. This world's like, hey, do you want jazzy music? Well, here it is. It's like, okay, well, I can't cool. be mad like, at this. I can, I can, I can hang out for this. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, uh, highly recommend. Dicey Dungeons is great. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it looks awesome. Uh, you like that design uh, helping with the difficulty reminded me of Cuphead, and for some reason the only the only reason I beat that game is like, oh, it's so dang cute and the music is great, and <laughs> I have died a thousand times. Yeah, I, same, same. And the, yeah, very Celeste vibe for me. Like, oh, this is just I can hang out here all day. I don't care that like you died three hundred times that round. That's all right. So uh, I am a, a, a plebeian um, console gamer with a Mac. Did anyone get a chance to play Celeste 64? Oh, crap. No. Not yet. How is it? How is it? How I'd, is it? I can't have had a chance. Oh. He's, he's, a, he's a Mac plebe. Uh, yeah. I. You know, I'm Justin Long in the PC commercials, you know? Mm -hmm. It's the only one of us who's played it, Hobbs, who is Probably. not here. Probably. Yeah. No. Oh, I haven't even looked tragic. at it because I want to play it. Yeah, I just watched some of the YouTube video and it looks like it's fun and uh, mm. it just looks no. like a nice solid 64 platformer. 
Yeah. You know, I, I've, I've been playing P-Cross and when I'm not playing uh, Unicorn Overlord or Ogre Battle because I can't wait for Unicorn Overlord. Just, yeah, <laughs> that's been my casual thing. Yeah, we are, uh, as of recording, a couple days away from the new Final Fantasy VII Rebirth. I'm very excited to get my hands on that. And mm. the Shadow of the Erd Tree trailer, I don't often watch live releases. I don't usually like make sure I have a full cup of coffee at 8.30 a.m. on a certain day in front of right. my TV. But uh, that that's Christmas morning, and I'm excited. That was the exception, yeah. I did uh, probably four days of research and we just did a 90 minute trailer discussion which is absurd uh i'm i'm on the uh, i'm in the belief that talking about something that's three minutes long for 90 minutes is maybe out of uh control but it was it's warranted I, made, I, i'm excited for that game i made like three or four of those for uh tears of the kingdom so yeah I get yeah. it. <laughs> Have you thought about how many lore analysis videos there are analyzing a single picture and being like, this thing, it changes everything. And it's a, it's confirmed. It, exactly. But it really does. Yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. Link has long hair. What does this mean? Is he like a past Link? Is he going to travel? To no, it doesn't mean that. Judging by the way they're sitting on the horse. Thank you uh, for immediately going to Legend of Zelda. Our uh, our main topic for uh, today's episode is, of course, Baldur's Gate 3. We we were gushing about it a little bit. Uh, before we get into the game proper, though, let's uh, just experience this with Dungeons & Dragons. Uh, I have a feeling y'all might have some. Yeah. Oh, this is yeah. true. Uh, so I I had been introduced to D&D &D when I was in, like, high school, but... It, the people I was playing with were playing like second edition and my first time mm -hmm. they were all rules lawyers number people who don't role play and they decided mm -hmm. to give me what used to be and they gave me the psionic to play <laughs> <laughs> so like they gave me the huge fucking psionic hand but what am I supposed to do with that my dudes <laughs> uh, so first experience terrible yeah, um, if it, anyone who's like, oh, we don't play five, just don't play with them. Even if you like them as a person, you don't want to play D&D &D with them. I'm sorry. Like, three, three, five is, is fun, um, but it's it's old and it's broken at this point because there's so many different source material that just, like, you can make a god if you want, but you have to read a lot of material. Just play five with your friends. It's easy. Yeah, I, I wholeheartedly agree. And personally, <laughs> I am someone who also... Highly advocates for homebrew um, because that's what makes games fun and gives you freedom of creativity and storytelling. Um, but yeah, so I, then after I graduated college, actually, and was in the workforce, uh, I had a little group of friends that I had been hanging out with and one had been trying to convince me forever to try D&D again. And finally I did, and it actually ended up being this amazing campaign, and it lasted like a year. Uh, then after that, a bunch of, like, the best campaign I've ever played. I You all have seen my, like, D&D &D, uh, half-sleeve tattoo. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't remember. Oh, okay. <clears throat> oh, hang on, hang on. I can show it's you this. It's on the red carpet at the... Uh, um at the, uh, at the Sum of Best than, Awards, yeah. The Sum of Best Awards, yes. Yeah, so I have a sleeve based on a campaign that I did with a bunch of friends 
uh, from the theater scene in DC, we were all like super tight knit and close because we all were not only like really talented actors or directors or scenic designers. So talented. We all were f- that sounds like a good crew to have for D&D. Yes. Well, yeah, we were all also fucking nerds. So it was people who like, got <laughs> really into DMing. So like we had a rotating cast of characters and it was a like Southern Marches style campaign. Do you all know what that means? No, I don't know a ton. Basically think like, OK, so you've got a big organization right? And everyone kind of does different jobs. So the idea was that we were all part of the same overarching organization, but like whoever could show up to that session were the people assigned to that mission. But we had like 16 players. So it was just like the two to six people that could show up that day. And then the plot would be written based on that. You're all in like a, Mm. like a company or something like that. Exactly. Exactly. And it was, it was incredible. Like, so, yeah, uh, I have a lot of very strong feelings about D&D and just role playing games in general. Um, the ones I play nowadays are typically more uh, lightweight. So there are games like For the Queen, um, which is a card based role playing game that just uses questions uh, that I really love. But Baldur's Gate was great because it just mechanizes everything. So I don't have to keep track of spell slots. It does. <laughs> Yay. Hooray. I'm going to take off my headphones so I can show you this tattoo. One second. Okay. Okay. Oh, fuck yeah. So. That is sick. Yeah. So this is basically every, it, the tattoo for the listening audience at home. Uh, I have line art tattoo that's a half sleeve with uh, all seven of the dice that you use for D&D. And then it has a bunch of like weapons and items and things like that. And they're all based on uh, characters that I've played. So like the two swords up top are for a rogue princess I play. The one underneath is my berserker barbarian and her like maul blade. So (laughs) they're like, my tattoos have a million stories behind them. So yeah, I I like D&D a little bit. A little bit. That's that's a beautiful design. Uh, kudos on the tattoo. Thank you. I designed it myself. The artist put some finishing touches on it, but like I'm really happy with how it came out. <laughs> yeah. Nice formatting. Heck yeah. Um, what about y'all? I have played three different uh, nights of Dungeons and Dragons. This was in my 20s. I think my problem was the crew I was with. Uh, they... I don't know. It, we didn't mesh well. And the dungeon master, um, I don't know. Like we spent an hour straight talking to a merchant about uh, some guy wanted to go to the blacksmith and talk about weapons. And I was sitting there not doing anything for an hour. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was the wrong crew. And mm-hmm. it just really painted the experience poorly for me. So I really haven't played uh, Dungeons and Dragons in, uh, in a great way. But I did see... My first experience was the Baldur's Gate movie with Jeremy Irons and one of the Wayne's <laughs> brothers. And then my next uh, Dungeons and Dragons experience was Baldur's Gate Honor Amongst Thieves. Uh-huh. Okay. Great movie. Great movie. Is that Does that I also was... star uh, a Wayne's brother? No, this is the new one. It's got 
Michelle Rodriguez. Oh, it's got that Chris yes. Pine. Oh yes. no, this was the like full Dungeons and Dragons movie. Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. Oh, Dungeons and Dragons. Okay. I don't watch these, but no, they go to Baldur's it, Gate. In it. it was okay. Amazing, and the gay vibes were immaculate. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. Oh God. Oh. It yeah, and I I really like that. I didn't know that yeah, because it's Dungeons and Dragons honor amongst thieves. I didn't know it was going to be a Baldur's Gate thing. I didn't know they were in the same universe. I'm out of the loop. Mm. And then uh I started playing Baldur's Gate after that, and I was super excited that I recognized some of the imagery. But so uh largely uh this was a brand new experience for me. Anything with dice rolls makes me excited after you know Disco Elysium. Mm -hmm. I uh mm -hmm very quickly fell into it and there will be at some point like we're going to probably do a five episode series on the dog cast and i'm excited to go in and learn about uh the history of dungeons and dragons i'm getting an audiobook soon it's called like slaying the dragon the history of how it was made because mm -hmm. it was like made not far from where i live here in wisconsin yeah D &D. yeah and they hung That's out awesome. uh i think they sold it in uh Gen Con really, really early on in my town, like in the 70s. Like Gen Con was apparently a thing back then, too. Yeah. Uh, so it's it's been around forever, and it's just super cool. I am so excited to learn more. But I also was afraid to open Google or Wikipedia until I beat the game mm -hmm. because they'll just be like, did you know this can happen with Gale? And I was like, no. Mm -hmm. but then they'll also tell you you scared away a cat well or you find out that there was a bugbear you could get in your camp this cute little bugbear and oh. if you speak to animals he can be like i was afraid of the the goblins torturing me i'm like you're fine now buddy you're you're home it's so, okay i i could actually raise my hand and say that happened in my game so i i think i've mentioned this before in my first game uh i was a ranger and i cast speak mm. with animals on myself every day just as a yeah. free spell so i 100 percent did that i got uh scratch so i got the dog and i got mm -hmm. the uh owlbear like yeah it was so cute <laughs> yeah when i missed the dice roll to like uh, approach the dog and I like scared away. I'm like, well, we're going to reload forever. Uh, that's <laughs> This is not acceptable. Uh, how about you, Luigi? Uh, yeah, I think I just never found like a good group. I've, I've played with, like I said, people who played three and three, five, and they were very serious and I was very out of my league. It was fun. Um, but like, I don't know, like one of like there was a, a I guess in three and three, five attacks of opportunity are a lot crazier. And um, I was a rogue and I didn't know that I should just be constantly be doing that. And after like a, like two hours into a battle, I finally did one. And and like a bunch of people at the table were like, finally, I'm like, <laughs> tell me, tell me, I want to play game good. I want to have fun. Like, just tell me that I should be doing this. Um so like I like I had fun, but it was very much like a, you know, very serious four hours, lots of discussion that didn't pertain to me. Um, there was a lot of weed, so that was fine. It didn't really matter. Um, but I've had a lot more fun playing very throwaway, like, you know, someone for a party, someone makes a bunch of characters, makes a quick campaign, one and done. Uh, I've done that. That's been a lot of fun. I had a friend who tried to make a serious campaign and none of us wanted to take it seriously. 
Um, my one friend was a like folk hero berserker, and then we had a gnome who was also like uh, a heavy class for some reason because they were blaster master, and they would run into battle together, and one would be riding on the other, and he would like throw <laughs> the gnome at people, um, and you know just stuff like that. Uh, we were con our characters were constantly wasted. Um, and also, <laughs> also we were too, but, um, Tiffy and I's characters hated each other, but then like when our characters would get blacked out, we would always lose the, we sleep together role. Um, and so neither of us knew that we were hooking up, but we were, we were hooking up when we are, we were blacked out. Um, and then they were dating <laughs> someone else when we weren't blacked out. Uh, it was this whole, the it was drama. a lot of fun. Yes, it was, it was a lot of fun. Like just, I'm sorry, Pax. We went to this town and there was like some uh, ritual going on. We should not have been there, but like we were all wasted and it, it didn't matter and just like kind of stormed into town and pissed everybody off. And I'm, you know, <laughs> going through all of their houses while everyone's in the town square performing this ritual. Like <laughs> the amount of games of D&D that start in a tavern drinking or like missions that start in a tavern drinking is astronomical. So a stranger walks in, uh, mm -hmm. they might be bleeding. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Then, yeah, it's uh, the like D and D. It's just the more creative your team is, you are how much you're invested in your characters, the mm -hmm. better it is. And what's really phenomenal is the way that the game manages to capture the creativity and the improvisation that there is in real D&D &D because mm -hmm. you get a crazy idea like what happens if I go in there and just uh, go up to the leader of the camp and just steal an item from them uh, can I you can manipulate any situation however you want you can side with the goblins you can resurrect uh, the dead mind flayer mm -hmm. speaking with the dead I feel really weird about so this person's like my father was just killed and I'm like you might want to go in another room because I am definitely bringing him up right now <laughs> but they just sit there and no one says anything and I was like this uh, feel weird but yeah um, but I, I will say it's very fun having that freedom of like trying a million things it may not go well you know sometimes <laughs> no. depending on the decision you're trying to make it, it may be one of those checks because i've had many happen like this where i'm like oh man i i just i feel like there's some dirt here i'm gonna make this one last check dc 25. like ah oh. uh, oh no <laughs> oh no and honestly i think that that uh gives you the same kind of heart attacks that you have in the actual game of mm -hmm. You can't succeed at everything. What what are the ramifications when you fail? You know, they, they do an interesting thing with karmic dice in this game that I think is like the default setting where it's like you're not going to get screwed over too many times in a row. Like even if that's the way chance would have done, we'll, we'll make sure it kind of balances out. Mm -hmm. But I uh, I'm I'm a spammer. I uh, <laughs> I reload too much. That's that's I will admit I'm like, come on, you missed 10 attacks in a row. It was 95% Carlac, 95%. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I do, there's the honor mode thing and I get it, but I also, I am such a conciliator. I want everyone to be happy. I need everyone mm -hmm. to get along. Nobody yep. can die. Yep. And eventually I'm like, all right, some people are going to die. 
you're you're gonna have to do this like uh like a a good playthrough of Until Dawn where there's six people in a room and you're all like yelling at the TV. You need to get you're playing by yourself. You probably shouldn't do honor. <laughs> if if you're gonna do honor, you should have like a group of people. And so, like yeah, I don't know. You can commiserate when you totally fuck up. Well, so here's the thing. Personally, I really like playing games and like seeing what happens when every decision matters and what happens when you can't take things back. So Mm -hmm. I think when I finally go back, I'm giving myself some time to like forget some things so I can go in a little fresher when I finally just dive in and do the whole game start to finish. But I want to go in with the mod that lets you have all the party members at once. (laughs) I want to play honor mode so that I can like. Every decision will matter, but also I'm not like losing out on anyone's story. Yeah. Also, I'll probably try and download the poly mod so I can romance as many people as possible. Mm -hmm. What? (laughs) Sure. Of course. Right. What mod? The game should already be like that. I, I listen, the only characters who are really poly are like Shadowheart, Halson and Astarian. And mm-hmm. I, I love Karlak so much. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, it's fine. I'm fine. Everything's fine. There was it's it's such a impossible, impossible to predict game. There was a news article the other day uh, where. Something weird happened and Scratch was in the party and if Gale dies, he'll come back to life and speak to the nearest party member. So he's explaining to Scratch how to resurrect him. And Scratch is just like, they keep cutting back to Scratch. He's like, hmm, I'm happy to be talking, getting talked to, but it's, it's, there's so many things like that that could happen. It's so funny that Scratch was the closest. So he's just talking to him the whole time. So cute. I've had that cutscene, but I I never even thought of the possibility of Scratch getting it. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, Yeah, well, I felt I mean, in this game, it's like um, there's so many systems and you guys are talking about attacks of opportunity. I still don't know what the heck that means Uh, with the game. All the systems are just lined up and I can kind of just dumb my way through it. If I were to someone explain to me how you play as a bard, I would be very confused. But <laughs> it's there's there's so many mechanics and systems that are just so beyond my grasp. Even after beating the game in 110 hours, there's still so many things. I didn't know I could speak to animals until near the end of Act One, <laughs> and th- talking to Scratch my first time, uh, life changing. This is this is why you restart over and over again. Um, yeah, I, I so I've never played uh, like a Baldur's Gate or a, you know Neverwinter Nights or anything that's like based off of the rules of D and D, but I played like uh, like Divinity Two Original Sin, which yo I've heard that game. I've heard amazing. it's really good. It's it's really good. It, it's uh, the and this is a like a question I want to ask. I'm, I'm framing it this way: is the, the battles were fantastic systems upon system. It felt like you were like you had a DM, even though there's no dice rolls like that you're seeing literally like in, in Baldur's Gate. Um, you, you feel like you're playing with a D&D that knows the rules well. And so you're putting fires out with water and it's like, OK, well, that makes steam. And you're like, oh, OK, so I still can't 
get through like I could walk through there but now the bad guy that we set on fire or is like caught in a mist now that we can't see um I don't know I'll just cast electricity at it at that guy and maybe he'll die it's like well now that steam cloud is is on electric fire um it, just stay <laughs> away from it uh so like it, it felt very D D in that way but out of the battles did not there was it didn't feel like I had the kind of freedom that you have to to improvise to try different things it, it felt like yeah there's you know decisions you can make or fuck up or situations that can go haywire but like it, it didn't feel like I had the freedom that I had in battle out of battle and I didn't know how how Baldur's Gate 3 feels that way mm. I've man there's so many things we could talk about this game there's a D&D campaign on YouTube of all of the players actually mm. doing it, the performers. It's really great. Asterian and Karlak improvising on each other. I can watch all day. Um, <laughs> but we're not here to but, actually talk about the plot, right? Yeah, okay. Okay, fine. All right. Run. Well, yes, I, I didn't want to know about the plot. I just wanted to know if, like, is it out of battle's cool? Out of battle is, is, is more than just, like, dumb decisions? Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. It's amazing. Okay. It is overwhelming. Okay. Um, be careful who you agree to do stuff for sometimes. Mm-hmm. Uh, check to make sure they're real doctors. Right, um, right. Yeah. Cool. Lots of things. Lots of things. Um, but also, but, sometimes the bad decision is the good decision. So, like, know that sometimes the game incentivizes you for doing dumb shit. <laughs> Like, oh man, I didn't know that the I wasn't supposed to knock this cage down and I can't go back. <laughs> and I thought that's how I saved something and something didn't go the way I thought it would. Mm. And mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm not I did a 30 minute battle. I don't have time to go back for this. Sorry honor. about your your friend. Mm. You had honor mode yeah. on, you didn't know. Mm-hmm. No, I had I'm not going back <laughs> mode after 30 minutes. <laughs> Uh, but we're going to be talking about the speed run for Baldur's Gate 3 today. I have not watched it. I am going in quite blind, and I'm very excited about it. Uh, we are going to be watching any percent all acts. Now, we could do Explorer or Honor. I don't think it makes too much of a difference. I mean, I would think Honor would uh, have more resets but you know it, it's you're one and done it's you're not resetting you, you know it's a 12 second difference i mean resets as in actual resetting the speed run not resetting your choices in the game yeah yeah let's do honor um, that so, sounds exciting yeah yeah any percent all acts honor uh it's from speedrunner may with six e's maybe seven e's okay and this was from three days ago Okay. Nice. So, and so I, we're gonna watch that, and then from a special request, a special request by Ruby, we're also gonna watch Sex Percentage. Yes. yes. Also, I think May may have been the one who ran it at AGDQ. Okay. And done the okay. showcase. Yeah. That sounds familiar, because I remember mm-hmm. us bringing up a May, and then it not being Corva May, and me being like, oh. And the uh, sex percentage is, we're watching pre-patch five from May. This is from four months Mm ago. Those bastards. And they got laid pretty quick. I'll just say that. Mm. (laughs) Yeah. How quickly can you get laid in the D&D dating simulator? (laughs) (laughs) 
So what we're going to do is if you're a member of our Patreon, uh, hashtag we love you, you should join. Hell yeah. Um, you'll get access to uh, the commentary because we're going to take a break. We're going to go watch these speed runs. And if you want to hear us be amazed and laugh and giggle and say, I didn't know you could do that with a bear. Um, <laughs> then you know, just check out patreon.com slash possibly bad. And otherwise, we're going to be right back to uh, recap our watch. So check out check out our Patreon. We'll do a little ad or something, right, Luigi? Oh, yeah. It'll be fan-fucking-tastic. I'm totally not messaging Hobbs for a list of executive producers. I, I was really looking forward to this boss fight, but, um, you know, Hobbs is just gonna, like, do bear belly flops, I, I think. I like Hobbs as a bear. He's really cute. Mm. You know what else is really cute? What is? Our Patreon.com uh, account, which is at patreon.com slash possibly bad. Oh my Whoa. gosh, patreon.com slash possibly bad. Hold on, look out. There goes giant bear hops uh patreon.com top belt Ooh, ah! i'm jay hobbs look out <laughs> look out for top belt jay hobbs at patreon.com slash possibly bad um hey you know if you go over there and and hang out at, by supporting our show you could get all sorts of different perks like right now we're recording this live on discord together and people could watch it yeah um, we are we also have commentaries that, uh, you know, like us watching a Baldur's Gate character jump around the map uh, to get laid real fast. Um, all Just sorts of stuff like that. So much. Yep. There's even uh, a, a tier where it's possibly badass where you could be an executive. It, it, hey, Hobbs, Bear Hobbs, could you come down for a second to tell us who our executive producers are? That's okay. Let me take a second here. Hey, guys, it's me, Jay Hobbs, the Invisible Bear. I just wanted to do a special thanks to our, our executive producers, our extremely badass uh, Patreon supporters of Cassandra Lenhart, or Cassandra, however you say that, Hypixion, Ethan King, Professor Howell, Lisa Slack, Brian Ward, Zeotalop, probably said that kind of right, Mildew Zero, and Lossian Luponis. Uh, we appreciate your support. It's because of you that we're able to uh, do the things we do and become invisible bears whenever we need to. So we appreciate very much your support. Invisible nice. leaping bears. I feel like that's an important yes. distinction here. Doing Bear. belly flop splashes on top of, uh, I don't know, horrific monstrosities. Uh, hey, yeah, speaking of... Bear, Bear Hobbs, get back in there. Get, get, because I'm. Look out, everybody. I'm going from the top row. <laughs> All right, I'm going to sit back and drink whatever drink is D&D appropriate. And, uh. Mead. Yeah. Mead. I'm going to drink some mead and just watch you, I don't know, sit on the bad guy for a while. Hey there, folks. We're back, and boy, um, our legs are tired. 
that was a whole lot of crazy jumping. Uh, walls are merely a suggestion to us. We just watched the speedruns, and I'm going to throw it right over to you, Ruby. What are your initial thoughts of the any percent all acts? You know, there was so much map, you know? Like, <laughs> I, I wondered uh, what the topography from an aerial view of... of just little bits of, of bushes look like. Mm -hmm. And now I know. Uh, and how it transcends walls. Uh, how mm -hmm. invisible bears can fly, which is very exciting. Um, very yes. exciting. Bears mm -hmm. can fly. And I can confidently say this gave me no spoilers for Baldur's Gate 3. <laughs> I can confidently say. Imagine how pissed off the DM must be. Like they they set up all that time putting all those miniatures up, and you just jump over them and like, oh, okay, hold on, let me put some more miniatures up because you've just gotten past everything. Imagine the conversation. Just hey, so I can I have as a starting wizard, Featherfall, and Longstrider, and I can triple my jump dis like and just saying all these spells. Okay, mm -hmm. and how many miles away is Baldur's Gate? Great, I'd like to jump to Baldur's Gate, please. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, that's a uh, you know DC two. Yeah, uh, <laughs> Brad, what were your feelings on it? Like you or, know, uh, yeah, I, I, I as. you know, I just beat the game not long ago, so I'm coming from it uh, trying to determine. What what needs to happen? Uh, how mm. are they avoiding everything that needs to happen? Because they're skipping a lot of very uh, required uh, points. Uh, mm -hmm. I I mean, the jumping is amazing. Uh, as far as getting around the map, they're not walking anywhere. They are jumping everywhere as soon as they can be invisible. Uh, what, what I found most interesting is how quickly they were killing other party members, and they were always split up. So they'd be like kind of moving through different parts of the map, uh, but it, it seemed yeah, it seemed like the game didn't know where they really were. <laughs> yeah, I I mean I appreciated the sequence breaking. I definitely could you can see what's happening like when they're able to get down in uh, like the prison at the Moonrise Towers and they go they jump down the hole and they get to a spot that's like segregated away from. Uh, the other part of the map, they just jump over to it. I see what's happening there, and I liked all of the, the sequence-breaking stuff quite a bit. It's just amazing how many battles don't happen. Yeah. <laughs> One battle, I believe, happened. And, of any and, oh, two, consequence, maybe. yeah. No, the only one time where it was like, it's your turn, happened once. Mm -hmm. It's amazing how much you can get away with by being an invisible bear. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to try that invisible sometime. bear, you can do almost anything. I'm going to be mean, an invisible bear now. It's Listen, I you don't have to give me a new dream twice, because <laughs> being an invisible flying bear sounds amazing. I mean, that's like... Okay, so Moosh wasn't invisible in Oracle of Ages and Seasons, but he was a flying blue bear, so that's cool. But invisible yeah. flying bear. Yeah, it's it's very different concept. I, yes. I will say, though, so... I love Baldur's Gate, right? Granted, we've all established the like the place or the game. Uh the the game. I have okay, not been okay. to the place because it's fictional, okay. Luigi. The place oh. seems dangerous. Like you can yeah. just pick up the 
the governor and throw him off of a cliff. <laughs> yep. There was a lot of kicking people off cliffs in this. There was a lot of running around in underwear in this. There was a lot of random jumping all over the map, clicking through uh, dialogue. I, I will say that from an entertainment perspective, I would rate this one really low on my list of runs that we've watched. Um, mm -hmm. and, and that is not at all to discredit the runners because there is so much skill that clearly has gone into this. And I have so many questions, but it, it the way it felt to me was the way it feels to watch a very numbers oriented D&D &D group and you're not playing. <laughs> yeah <laughs> where you see the map but you have no idea what anything actually means you don't really have a good angle to actually see the action uh so it, it felt like it was trying to win D, D rather than play it and for me right. as someone who loves D, &D I, I the speed runner in me doesn't quite yeah, it, it doesn't it doesn't quite line up for me. I don't know. It just wasn't that exciting. But I would love to hear your takes on it because I feel like mine's a little different. It, I think I think numbers oriented D&D &D people make sense because like th that is the very much the epitome of nose buried in book being like, I can do this. I can do this thing that seems illegal. But look, here are all the rules that say I can jump like halfway across the map and skip everything. Uh, yeah, I guess that's right. You can do that. All right, go ahead and roll for it. So yeah, that's a good comparison. It's it's one of those speed runs where if you've played the game, watching it is a billion times different than if you haven't. Mm. Uh, being very recently familiar with the maps, I, I can appreciate what's going on more. Uh, as someone who just played it, I really enjoyed watching it because I could pick up a lot of what was happening. The menuing was fast. Um... Uh, they they did do some going into campsite coming out. You'd be in a different section of the map that I didn't understand. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, there, there were nice. I don't high think the game did either. <laughs> there were nice high points though. As soon as someone turns into like Shadow Hearts a bear and she's invisible, like that was that's a big high. There's a peak oh. there that I really I really like that. that uh, was and great. then the boss yeah. is the boss is just like, what the fuck is going on? What keeps and jumping on my head? Uh, the, I like the movement tech. I like the jumping. I like that when you do get to Rivington, it just becomes, I bet you didn't know you could just jump past all of this. <laughs> or or just like, you know, when the game doesn't know where you are or if you're invisible or what you're doing, I don't know. Um, and yeah, like you just jump into it. Like the, the most broken illegal thing I think we saw was dragging the model of i don't know what you said the mayor or the governor or something or tash yes just like out of a I, what i assume was a giant like you know fight arena um and just kind of walked out the front like and the the model was starting to like twitch and get weird and and glitch out and it's like okay that is that is not legal what that just <laughs> what just happened there um and dragged <laughs> it outside and threw him off a cliff Yep, specifically like off a bridge, off yeah. a cliff, which was very funny. Uh, yeah, witness. roll. Yeah, saving throw this shit. You know, <laughs> I was really confused with the Orin section when all of a sudden, like you killed that one character 
and then Orin was standing there, and then all of a sudden you're in Orin's arena. I wasn't sure if they were that main one of our characters knocked out. I wasn't sure if we were able to follow them as they got transported there by Orin. That confused me. Uh, I didn't understand a lot of what was happening uh, mm. by any means. But you think how I feel. It's one of those. Uh, <laughs> the more you understand how a system works, it's fun watching the system bend and break. But man, if you don't, if you haven't played this game, you're watching a whole bunch of stuff that is beyond comprehension. Well, Instead like, of most ooh. stuff, but it's beyond comprehension. I mean, like the, the the theories we had, where it's like, uh, I think they just killed that character. Did they stuff their corpse in that box? They picked up a box. Now they set the box on fire. What are they doing with that box? Yeah, um, it was a lot. It, of it was kind of fun crafting. as a yeah, yeah. It was kind of fun as a, like us grasping at straws was was kind of hilarious to me. Like trying to figure out exactly what's happening. I liked. Uh, it's like oh, Shadowheart's a druid. I guess Jahara is going to be a wizard now. Uh, that I was... heard something about bears. Maybe that plays into it. Oh, yeah. there is bears playing into it. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 amazing. Yeah, being invisible and having infinite jump. It's amazing how you can skip literally everything in the game. 100%. And I, I will say that, like, I feel like as a speed run on a stage or in a marathon, if you had solid commentation that was kind of giving people the play-by-play, mm -hmm. then that would make it a lot more interesting just because then we would un have an understanding. I think just not having any idea, like... The theory crafting for a while satiated me, but at a certain point in the run, I was more interested in the mm -hmm. answers to those questions than asking those questions, right. you know? Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah, yeah I, I would agree with that. Mm -hmm. um, this is one of those runs at a, a GDQ where it would be nice to have like, here's three minutes ahead of it for me to be like, these are this is what you're going to see. Let me set a few things up for you and now let's go. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It moves very fast. Um, there's almost no combat, which is pretty cool. I did like mm. that. <laughs> Other than killing your your party members, like yeah, at, at different. Like I thought it was gonna be a situation where we needed the halfling wizard at the beginning to do the jumping, and then okay, we don't need this person anymore. The first person that joins your your crew, you kill the original character or take all the stuff or something. But like no. Um, that character came back very quickly and then killed the other character. And then they're both still alive and naked um, and jumping around the map together or something like I, I was like, all right, OK, <laughs> I, I think we only saw one or two dice rolls. Mm -hmm. uh, super minimal. I And as far as like improving time, uh, there was a few times they tried to kill another one of their party members and they missed attacks. <laughs> like, <laughs> But the menuing is so specific in this one because uh, mm. a lot of the character switching and a lot of the character level ups they're doing have lists. We did see of a lot of that. A ridiculous amount of spells, like yeah. Honestly, the fact that that was one of the most impressive parts of the run to me was mm -hmm. just how quickly they were flying through the leveling menuing because it's so extensive. Yeah, we don't we don't have Hobbs to freak out over menuing and like you know menuing is always cool but like he's very attracted to it <laughs> <laughs> it's a it's a very specific uh appeal for Hobbs. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. he just like pours himself a glass of scotch goes to best menuing and speed running highlight clips and he just he loves it 
Oh, mm. just put that RPG on. Yeah. Sounds like a perfect <laughs> night. Golden um, Sun. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Reset those gin. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'd love to understand. Uh, yeah. Like if somebody was commentating besides us that was like knew what was going on instead of look at the bear. That was it's crazy. I mean, we're we're pretty great, I think. I we're, think we, we're great, we're, but we're fantastic. Having, having somebody who knows how the sequence break works would be very informative. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This game is in a in a weird spot too. I saw I don't know if it was a Reddit post or an article the other day, and they were worried that Baldur's Gate 3 was going to become a ship of Theseus, where it's changed so much through patches from the first one to where it is now. It's uh, the ship of Theseus, for those that are listening that might not know, it's like if you change every part of a ship piece by piece over time, is it still the same ship if everything has been changed? And mm-hmm. it's like patch three to patch five. It's like a different game, and it does change so much uh, every iteration. Like they, they're continually still uh, – this game isn't even complete in, in a sense. And it's interesting that it's very, uh, this game specifically, certain things become obsolete in the speedruns, which happens to every game. But I feel like this one uh, has a lot of different things changing all the time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's not quite Tears of the Kingdom levels, but um, there were some things like, hold on, hold on. We need to take that out. We did not want that to be in there. Yep. I still think the funniest thing is that the very first glitch that I heard about was the sex one of mm-hmm. uh, so so if you all aren't familiar if you haven't been in the loop on Baldur's Gate news speaking of ships getting patched out of a game exactly uh, <laughs> very early when the game first launched characters would very quickly start flirting with you or you would get the like <laughs> romance scenes that felt like, okay, why will, will you're, you're nice and all we like just met two days ago, bro. Why yeah. are you trying to dance with me in the middle of the night? Like things like that. <laughs> and Larian was like, Oh, the fact that they were that horny um, was a glitch are bad. Like <laughs> somebody no. just like hit a slider way too high. <laughs> There's a great article on speedrun.com. I'd just like to read it for you quick. This yes. was posted three months ago by May under the sex percent uh, section. Oh, hey. That's whose run we watched. Hi, all. It is a sad, sad day in the Baldur's Gate 3 sex speedrunning community. <laughs> <laughs> uh, due to patch 4 significantly changing Lazelle's romance requirements, any runs performed on patch 4 and above will never be able to beat runs performed before the patch. Uh, and then they post a video that says sex is gone with a big X over Lazel's face. (laughs) (laughs) You have to blow people up first. Interesting to note, we watched patch five and on, and it's about a minute and 20 seconds longer than the pre-patch. So all of the the changes I imagine is getting the approval up. It's like making the dude bow to Mm Lazel and then blowing up some trolls. And she's like, this guy's got it. Oh, let's go. Yeah. All right. You listen to me now. Yes. Yes, I will. <laughs> and that, yeah, uh, the sex percent run, I actually, yeah, I found it to be more understandable and more interesting. Uh, manipulating the approval rating. I'm like, I get what's going on. And it's cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was a easy, a little more digestible for me than the Couldn't other jump run. as far as as the the more optimized 
uh, movement of the any percent run, but that's because we needed a special character. Yeah. I, I thought the sex uh, percent run was great. There's also a bear run, which I haven't watched, and that's to romance Halson as a bear. Mm. Oh, really? I didn't realize that was so in category. Yeah, that's it only has one run in the category now, I believe. But that was that was one of those things that like came up real fast. It was like, guys, this D and D game is crazy. You can you can bang a bear, and you can bang a bear as a bear. I think the possibilities are bears. The possibilities are bears. <laughs> just yes. just like Kentucky Route Zero, that one floor that's just ba- it's just bears. Oh, now I want to play Kentucky Route Zero again. I mean, if if I have encouraged you to play a good game, then you know. This is not the Kentucky Route Zero podcast, but did you know that the band oh. from Kentucky Route Zero, like they actually released a music video as the characters? That's <laughs> awesome. That's really and fun. The female voice is a male guy singing it with a uh, like auto tuning to the performance. I have a okay. whole vinyl record officially released from the band. I'm sorry, I'm super excited about Kentucky. Yeah, <laughs> Junebug, love Junebug. Um, yeah. Uh, I really did enjoy this. here is a band made out of bears. Yeah, it's bears Mm. all the way down. Mm. I I really enjoyed the Baller's Gate 3 speed run, but I've also beaten the game. Uh, Mm. Beat the game and check it out is my recommendation. Yeah, I, I definitely will say, like, if you have beat the entire game, it is worth a look. For me, as someone who, like, I have put hundreds of hours into the game, it wasn't really my cup of tea as a speedrun, but I do Mm. love this game, and it's now just making me want to go back and play it more. So, Uh, yeah. So you don't like uh, 3D Mario games? (laughs) I I like... that's what this was. (laughs) You're not wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, jump on top you get you, you, complete with jumping on the head of a boss like yeah oh this, i this hadn't was, even thought about it like that you're right yeah this is just a mario game i wasn't expecting it to be a platformer it's gonna get beaten with a drum set pretty soon well you have to if it's a mario game right yeah so uh out of curiosity i i went to the no major glitches run and that's at about um, 49 minutes, 48 minutes. So about a little over twice as long as the other run we watched. Okay. That's impressive. I was expecting much longer. What glitches are not allowed? Node flings, rogue porting, kidnapping. Uh, breaking <laughs> kidnapping! <in>. <laughs> love, I love glitch names. Ain't no kidnapping anymore. <laughs> uh Stacking abilities, stacking objects, higher than three entities is banned. Up to three, you're fine. Don't even think about four. Uh, ghost jumping, uh, it's, it's great. Uh, animation canceling is allowed, as well as skipping triggers, but it's. I also just love where we draw the lines on glitches. Kidnapping <laughs> is banned. Animation skipping, fine. Kidnapping, that's over the fucking line. That, that sounds like crossing a line. I, I wonder if that's what happened to like the mayor guy. It was like that's called kidnapping. It's like yeah, yeah. you're just taking mm-hmm. this model somewhere where it's not supposed to be. Yeah, no, that make that makes a lot of sense. Uh, we were asking about that earlier. <laughs> you just kidnap him. That's all. Throw him off a bridge. 
I love that kidnapping <laughs> is a glitch. And that is the one it's, thing I will now look up later because of the fact that that's just what it's called. It's 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 weird. Yeah, like like there's there's ups and downs, you know, about the run. But like the, then there's just then there's just parts where it just goes so hard. We're like, yes, <laughs> mm-hmm. yes, this is the best. Like, I love I love everything about this. I take back everything I said a minute ago. I want to go down the rabbit hole. Uh, mm-hmm. I found a YouTube video from, uh, I believe, uh, Schickster, and it was the, the history of the, the the any percent speed runs, and it's a picture of Shadowheart on the thumbnail, and it says, they did what to Shadowheart? And it's a box <laughs> on fire. <laughs> yeah, okay. See, there's that firebox again. That's What's incredible. Do you think this is a uh, run that you would try, Brad? No. Okay. <laughs> I got to beat Spider-Man 2, Alan Wake 2, FF7, Rebirth, Shadow of the Erd Tree. Do you have to? Yes. Uh, oh, I mean, no, that's, okay. that's no, Brad has a point. Those are some good games. <laughs> there's, I, I have, there's, uh, the, the backlog grows so quickly and yeah. Mm-hmm. Free your mind I would, the rest will follow. I wouldn't try it myself, but I will keep an eye on the the numbers on these runs and I'm going to see it go down. And when they say that now the invisible bear is outdated, I will cry a single tear mm. that day, but it'll be invisible. So no one will know. <laughs> <laughs> I will cry invisible bear tears. No one will know I'm crying, but the bear tears will be there. But my bear tears are, are belly flopping onto the floor below me. <laughs> if you don't want to belly flop bear tears, if you don't want to cry your sad invisible bear tears, uh, then go check out the run that happened at SGDQ. It was real cool. There was, I believe, an mm-hmm. all axe any percent run like the one we just watched and mm. a uh, any percent showcase and a dev glitch room showcase, which was very funny. Um, <laughs> honestly, the dev glitch room showcase was probably my favorite speed run thing that I've seen because the amount of things in there are just ridiculous. <laughs> yeah i had to avoid it before because i don't i i knew that i didn't want to get potentially spoiled on anything so i avoided that from gdq mm. so i'm excited to go back and watch that mm. Heck uh, yeah. and you know and we we said like uh earlier like i don't know how much optimizing is in here uh or room for error but this the the what it was set th- as of three days ago of this recording um, it seems to be going back and forth. So um, May and whoever they took it from um, are in a in a fight. It's a fight right now. It's an invisible bear flop fight. I, I mean, that's what you would hope for the first year of a speed run, right? That it would just mm-hmm. stay really hefty competition. So I, I'm excited yeah. to see where that run goes like a year from now and what else gets implemented into it. I can't wait to see what that time develops into. Yeah, right now we're in a May versus Bisque battle for a lot of these. Mm. And that's all that I have to say about Baldur's Gate 3. Do you all have any closing thoughts? I am no longer a bear. Carlac is hot and best mommy. All right. Uh, And I have a surprise for you guys. J-Hobbs has been on this episode the whole time. He was invisible. Oh, yeah? (gasps) What? He's behind you right now. Invisible bear hops. Hi, bear hops. Four paw prints in the sand. <laughs> it's invisible put, bear hops. Didn't you know? It's our other I'm house. Put, put J Hobbs' <laughs> face on a bear for the thumbnail. Yes, please. 
Well, well we hey, have been. Oh. No, I was going to say, hey, Brad, when you're not hanging out with invisible bear hops, <laughs> where can we find you? Um. Well, I'm always hanging out with Invisible Bear Hobbs because whether or not he's there, I always live my life like he is. It's like a panopticon. I always imagine mm. Bear Hobbs is in the room with me, which affects all of my life. But mm. So we can find you, but we can't find Invisible Bear Hobbs. The real question is where can we find Bear Hobbs? And the trick is he's everywhere and nowhere. But you can find me um, on Hair of the Dogcast. It's a podcast about video games and beer. Uh, we're going to be ramping up a lot of Elden... Elden Ring discussion over the next four months and apart from that we're doing Okami, we're doing um, Star Wars Jedi series, episode 100 of Raw Dogs we're going to talk about Pokemon uh, lots of fun stuff coming up there so check out Hair of the Dog cast on all the social medias Yeah. How about uh, Luigi where, where, where can they find you? Hey I'm Luigi's apartment I edit the show so you can find me here editing the show and patreon.com slash possibly bad is how you support that show um i i was also on uh i was on a like a, a video game quiz show last summer and it was like a fill-in and we ended up winning so i got invited back to the champions edition whoa and we oh, tied for second nice. it was very tough like it was a lot harder than the the one in, back in summer uh you could it was harder to gain the game the multiple choice options so um but there was an entire zelda like category oh that's perfect for you that is not fair for you to be there there was some bullshit in there i got one of the three because uh, it was a master quest question. Um, but then the other ones were like more tangentially related. This was crap. Some localization stuff in there. Uh, but my partner picked up that because he'd read a book about the localization of Zelda one. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it was it was fun. Um, but, uh, yeah, you can hang out with us here and Ruby. Where can they hang out with you? Yeah, so you can find me at twitch.tv slash rubyheart. So that's uh, R-U-B-I-E-H-A-R-T. Uh, I am a actor, streamer, speedrunner. Uh, I am doing a bunch of challenge runs this year uh, and trying to prep my stuff that I'm going to submit to SGDQ. So the big things that I'm working on right now are uh, Hades crowd control, Overcooked 2 Archipelago, uh, oh, yeah. and any percent modded now that that's a thing. So you can mm-hmm. uh, do the auto complete on levels, uh, when you hit the right, uh, point amount, which is great. Uh, and then I'm learning the transistor speed run. So I've been doing a lot of that. Yeah. And then, um, this next week, actually. So when this episode comes out, probably, uh, we'll be right in it. Uh, I'm going to be working Frost Fatales. So if you aren't familiar, yeah, Frost Fatales is the uh, femme-based event uh, that Games Done Quick does uh, that showcases and highlights women in the speedrun community. And that is anyone who identifies as a woman that is meaningful to them. So anyone envy, anyone uh, gender fluid, non-conforming, women, whatever, you are more than welcome to join us. Um, and it's a lot of fun. Uh, the pre-show, I am very excited about, and yeah. I recommend people watch uh, for sure. But also, it's just going to be a week of really great runs, and it's going to be benefiting the National Women's Law Center, so the NWLC, who that does really, really great work advocating for women's rights and LGBTQ plus rights. 
Yeah, you and uh, Fu and Flygon really stepped it up for the uh, the promos at AGDQ 2024. <laughs> it was really great. We had a lot of fun with those, and and the Frost team is, or just the Fatales team in general, is so wonderful. I really adore working. Sorry, in May as well. Yeah, I mean it's it's May. It's uh, Dizzying Spinster, Sprinkle Theory, Kung Fu Fruit Cup, Swiftaloo, like. There are a ton of really amazing people, uh, Melody, all who are involved in that team. So just it's it's a really good time. Come hang out with us. There are some really great games on on the schedule. Hopefully you can find me on Hair the Dogcast talking about Okami sometime soon. Right. Right, Brad? Yeah, well, we'll get you on that one. Cool. Yeah. Uh, I love that game. And you can find <laughs> J-Hobbs getting chased by park rangers in Jellystone National Park. Mm-hmm. I don't see no picnic biscuit. No, because he's invisible. Oh, where's that bear? And it's just Jay Hobbs jumping around in uh, national parks as a bear. But, uh, yeah, that's where he is. Also, he's in our hearts. <laughs> the happy invisible bear Hobbs hearts. We're Need for Speed running. Go play some video games, and we will be back soon. We love you, and take care. Bye. Take Bear. Take Bear. <laughs> bear Hobbs is watching over you. Oh my God, J-Bear. <laughs> <laughs>